Yo, it's me. I was eating junk. I had just had two children back to back. I used to not be able to get on the ground. I never, ever daily exercise. Before, if I'd get down, I'd need a chair or something to help me get back up. I was 84 pounds heavier at one time. I was always a big dude, but I couldn't move around. That all changed when they met. Diamond Dallas Page started doing yoga, man. I started doing a, a thing called DDP yoga. It's not your mama's yoga. WCW heavyweight champion, known for his signature move, the diamond cutter. Diamond cutter! Took what he learned recovering from an injury and years in the ring and created DDP yoga. Working out combined with the eating habits, it was a huge difference. I felt so much better. It's a lot of fun for me because I never used to be able to be active. Now I'm, I'm, I'm on the floor, I'm rolling around, it's, it's pretty cool. More than importantly, I just want to be alive. I'm down about 110 pounds. DDP yoga can work for anyone. DDP. DDP. Radio. Well, hello, my fellow DDP Yoga Warriors. What is happening? It is January 3rd, 2018. Happy New Year, Wednesday night, 9 p.m., right here from uh, DDP Yoga Megaplex, uh, where I currently reside. At the penthouse suite of the DDP of the Me- uh, Megaplex in uh, beautiful Apex, North Carolina. And uh, we know we have our, our members spread over the world. But right now, I've got a thin layer of snow out in my garage in my parking lot. And uh, I'm not having it, but we're going to get to that in just a second. But uh, Happy New Year, my friends. Uh, we got the New Year, New You craze. I know it's a lot of people talking about fresh starts, a lot of people talking about rehabbing from the damage that was done over the past year. And we're going to talk about that and so much more. But we have, of course, uh, seasonally, we have two special guests come on. One of them is my former co-host, longtime co-host of DDP Radio, who comes on every quarter. And, of course, we have the other woman who is uh, a specialist. And I can't even name all the things she's a specialist in. But when I say we bring them on quarterly, it's not random. It's not like we just pick any date. We pick the date that... Basically, I need them. And after this holiday season, I need a little bit of Nancy Gaberte and Stacey Morris in my life because we need to get things back on track and back on a roll. So welcome to the show, Stacey and, uh, and Nancy Gaberte, obviously, StaceyMorris.com and NancyGaberte.com, two amazing people and uh, incredibly uh, motivational. So welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to and, all. Yes, uh, we, 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 the new year is going to be a big theme here, but, but I'm sure. And um, before we do that, I want to bring on, of course, my co-host, who hasn't been seen uh, in several weeks, but fortunately we employed <laughs> the services of a gopher, of a, a gopher to tunnel a landline through the miles of Canadian ice and tundra to get to her home that we were able to get oh. Tristel Stewart back on the show tonight. Minus 30 degrees where she is, so... Uh, I wouldn't be out of bed right now, so God bless you for, for being here. <laughs> it's cold. Welcome. It's cold. Happy New Year, guys. Thank you. Thank happy, you. Happy New Year. Uh, we got some business to take care of at the end of the show, but I want to jump right into this because this is going to be a fun show. Uh, and a lot of people I know are craving this show. And I said on my little uh, intro video, my, my promo video, I do live video on Facebook, that um, if food is a drug – then the holiday season is my Woodstock. And I had a lot mm-hmm. of brown acid this holiday season. And you want to... Uh, and towards the end of the holiday season, I was so sick of everything. I was so sick of food. I was so sick of smelling food, seeing food. And I've never been more ready to turn over a new leaf. And it's kind of cliche, the New Year thing, but the calendar is just that. It's a turnover of the calendar. It doesn't mean anything unless yep. we kind of put the meaning into it ourselves. Um, nothing changes unless you do. And But it is kind of uh, metaphorical to have that clean slate and that world of possibility over the next 12 months. And that's what we're going to focus on moving forward. So I'm going to let Stacy kind of talk uh, here because I know sure. she's uh, really good at kind of, um, you know, uh, guiding us through the conversation with Nancy because both of them are just encyclopedias of this kind of stuff. So, Stacey, how are we going to move forward? How are we going to get Mike Mullins back on track back in 2018 as well as the old DDP Yoga universe? Oh, well, well, you know, I don't think there's a person out there that doesn't feel to some extent they want to get back on track. 
um, yeah. myself included, even though I, I ate pretty, I stayed within my, my perimeters during the holidays, but I ate more, you know, and I started to feel it and I'm, I'm ready to be a little more um, mean and lean uh, without going too far in the other direction. And that, that's really what Nancy wants to focus on. And she has the great idea of uh, dividing the show into three important topics. And, of course, everything's fluid. We can certainly veer off depending on what comes up and who calls in. But I wanted to begin, before we get into the topics, by announcing Nancy does an annual online teleseminar uh, this month. It's going to begin soon. And uh, she's renamed it because I think she's, you know, revamped what was already a really great program. And it's called, Nancy, if I say it wrong, you can, you can step in. Nine Steps to Looking and Feeling Great. Exactly. Is that right? Because okay. <laughs> we all want to look and, and feel great. <laughs> yeah, of course. And it's really it's not just about one or the other. I think they, they two tend to go hand in hand. But if you want more information, uh, go to nancyguberti.com and you can, get, uh, you can get briefed on what will be offered. But it's a great way to work with Nancy more closely get support from a group environment and she gives you not only great info but assignments you know to keep you on track and motivated so that that's a really wonderful thing that happens this month well thank you and stacy so you know anyone who does um join from the ddp community just let me know and as a special new year's bonus i will send you each one of Stacy's books um, because I believe in them so much. And, wow. you know, so many times people don't know what is a good alternative, and you've put it together so beautifully. And like I always say, when I see your pictures on Facebook or Instagram, I'm like, oh, my gosh, can, can I get that? <laughs> can I just get that? Because <laughs> it looks so amazing. So I would highly recommend if you don't have Stacy's books, um, definitely get them, and if you're joining the program, that will be my special gift to each and every one of you. And you touched wow. upon of how one goes hand in hand. You know, if we feel good, not only do we feel more confident, but we're more productive in every relationship of our lives. So it's a ripple effect, and the two yep. go hand in hand. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I know... Thank you for that, too. That's very kind of you, and I, I appreciate that. Um, and I, I wanted to just get rolling on the topics because I think everybody probably is in a little bit of a sugar hangover after the holidays, and you you wanted to touch upon uh, why why it's got such an adverse effect, not just on us physically, but uh, on the mood, mood swings and um, it can really, I know for me, it can absolutely set up a chain of highs and then irritability, you know, and and that's just the start of it. So why don't you talk about, and if people who are, you know, coming out of it or want to break the cycle, what's a good way to begin? Okay. So, and, and this is, I feel that this is so important. I know in a previous show we had discussed about going gluten-free and sugar-free and how many people will be like oh god like going sugar-free is telling them to give up their firstborn so um, I want everyone to really understand the research behind it because there are new studies new research on um, the sugar's impact on the brain and mm-hmm. on the body, and like you mentioned, the mood. I mean, obviously we understand how it could affect the waistline, it could affect cavities, obesity, diabetes, heart disease, and cancer. Maybe maybe we don't, and that's what I, I really want to dive into and really explain why it is highly addictive. You know, studies show that it's as addictive as cocaine. And, you know, if you think about that, oh, my God, so how can you break this vicious cycle and this addiction? And what is it doing to my body? So um, it has also been linked to 
to poor memory, um, and then this constant like overeating, depression, and anxiety. So if we think about what does it do, um, and if you think about also the time of year. So we mentioned, uh, like I mentioned earlier, like people could be sick of food right now. So, you know, we usually see this thoughts at around Halloween when there's all that candy either at home or in the office and we start eating that and it's addictive and it goes into Thanksgiving and goes into whatever holiday, Christmas, Hanukkah, Bolt, um, or any other holiday that one is celebrating. There's usually some type of sweets and simple carbohydrates foods. So now we're just going further and further down that rabbit hole, and we are getting more and more addictive. And obviously, it tastes good for the most part, so we have a hard time giving it up. But we will then see perhaps one's immune system is taking a hit. Mm -hmm. And you may think, oh, well, it's virus time or it's cold and flu season. But, you know, there's bacteria around all year long, but now your immune system is suppressed. And then why am I moody and am I stressed out? Is it because now I'm, you know, it's the holidays and, uh, you know, family things going on? No, there's a biological explanation. So perhaps if we understand first what sugar does and then how we can break the vicious cycle. So first, why is there an addiction? Um, Well, it affects our neurotransmitters. What does that mean? Serotonin and dopamine. Serotonin is what makes us feel good, what makes us happy. It could lower that. So now we can become depressed and anxious. We could become irritable and moody and cranky. Um, It also affects our sleep. So now we're getting sleep deprivation, which we may already have. But when it affects our neurotransmitters, our serotonin, our dopamine, it's affecting our adrenal system. And that goes into burnout and stress. So now we have all these systems that aren't functioning. Um, Further, what happens, it affects our gut. And if anybody knows, I'm a big fan of probiotics. I'm a big fan of keeping our GI tract, that's our gastrointestinal tract, our stomach, healthy. We all understand the core is very important for exercise, but I think we don't realize how much more important it is for our health, our immune system, and our mood, because it is truly the core of all of that. So what does it do, the sugar? It will cause something called candida overgrowth. And... Mm -hmm. That's a vicious problem. I know Stacey and I have spoken about this before. Um, It also affects your good bacteria. So now you're not absorbing as much of your nutrients, even if you are eating some healthy meals. You're not getting enough vitamin C. You're not getting enough B vitamins. And you're affecting further your adrenal system and your immune system. But now we go and say, well, how does it affect my memory, my short-term memory? Is it because holiday season I got so much going on I can't remember what to do or I have to write everything down? No, the sugar affects the um, part of the brain responsible for short-term memory and also responsiveness to our hunger. So it shows that the sugar decreases our memory, and it also reduces the signals of being full, of realizing we're full. So now we say, oh, my God, so the sugar affects our brain, our body, our mood, our memory, our adrenal system, our liver, everything, our detoxification. So we're going to feel more sluggish coming out of this season, and now you'll see very popular things as, oh, do a a cleanse or do a sugar cleanse, you know. So stay on this program for 21 days, and you'll feel fit as a fiddle. And But that's not correcting any of these 
things. It doesn't correct the low serotonin. It doesn't correct our um, misalignment, really, of our functioning of our body. So people will go through that, and they may get very sick, feeling like they have the flu. They may get very irritable and moody, and they may lose some weight, but it's really what you, you know, and what I want people to understand is that that could be like you're shortchanging yourself because you may feel like, oh, why can't I do this? Why can't I stick to this? Why, after 21 days, do I go back to that eating habits? And that's where either staying with like-minded communities, you know, following um, what the recipes in Stacy's book, if you, you know, that would be the way to go. Like, what can you substitute instead of having the bad stuff? Now you also have to change not only biologically but behaviorally because you may automatically go for a donut or a bagel or a cookie or something like that um, for breakfast or for that pick-me-up at 3 o'clock when you're tired if you're at work or taking care of the kids. So not only do we have to fix the body, we have to fix our, our behaviors as well. And the only really way to do that is to know where the imbalances are and to look at lifestyle factors and to also have substitutes. And do you, what do you, you know, you said find healthy substitutes. And I know you've talked extensively about uh, it's not just the sugar itself, but it's it's white carbs that turn to sugar. Mm-hmm. And, you know, who doesn't love those? But how... How can can somebody make a beginning who's really, you know, they're they're afraid of of becoming too strict and having it backfire? What's a, a good moderate way to begin? And what are some foods that can can, you know, kind of satisfy a sweet tooth a little, but not be destructive? Okay, and so you're 100% correct. It's not just the sugar. It's also the chemicals in our food. So if a mm-hmm. food has something called glyphosate in it, which is very, very tricky because there are no labels that show that a food contains glyphosate, and that's a pre-harvest spray that they put on crops that um, can also be non-GMO crops. So that actually makes you gain weight. So that's the problem. So that's where I always say go organic, right? Um, So how do we make the change? Well, again, looking at recipes in your book, looking at the flours you use, um, almond flour would be a great one to do. Um, I personally love Bob's Red Mill almond flour. Simple Mills makes. Um, different cake mixes and muffins and breads that sound carby, but they're not because they use almond flour. And then what I do is I just either add uh, organic egg, um, and where they call for milk, I use So Delicious Unsweetened Organic Coconut Milk. So you could take um, something like that, which is easy, and just add the healthier, more what I would say paleo um, type of um, substitute, and it really does satisfy you, um, which is really good. So we also have to realize that this is not deprivation. So your idea of finding a good substitute is the way to go. I am a huge fan of organic whole leaf stevia. Now, for so many reasons, because it doesn't raise the blood glucose levels. You only need a little. You could bake with it. You could put it in your beverages, and it's very, very sweet. But if we look at a medicinal reason, the research came came out over the summer that showed whole leaf stevia actually kills Lyme bacteria, which is... amazing in itself. So there's so many um, other alternatives, whereas if you think of sugar, sugar is really, not only is it addictive, it can feed cancer cells. 
And what I yep. have noticed is many of my cancer clients are addicted to sugar, even during chemotherapy. And then they end up getting a yeasty rash, which is candida overgrowth coming out of their skin. So uh, it's a big problem. Like we don't realize what we put in our gut transcends, goes all over the body, and then um, it affects so many different areas. So I would say that would be one thing if you want carby. You know, experiment with these nut flowers. Um, that would be one. Um, another thing would be like I love making the chocolate mousse with avocado and organic unsweetened cocoa powder. And sometimes I'll put a little stevia and sometimes I don't. And it's very filling and it's it tastes, you know, very decadent like a mousse, but it's healthy. It's healthy fat. You know, people get afraid of fats, but fats are very filling. And if there are, if you could absorb them, um, they're going to be great for your skin, your hair, and and your internal system as well. So that would be another thing. Um, and then food journaling. I mention this every single time I come on. Food journaling is key because you will then see patterns. Is there a certain time of day? Do you do breakfast, good, bad? You know, how do you do breakfast, lunch, and dinner? When are you hungry? When are you craving? And what are you craving? Are you craving it because... You have a candida overgrowth, perhaps, or are you craving it because you're having a stressful situation either at home or at work and you need that comfort food? So that's where, you know, you want to look deeper. Um, Even baking apples and putting cinnamon on that, you know, and if I want, I'll put a tablespoon of um, cashew um, ice cream, so it's made out of cashew milk, um, and, and that's a, another amazing treat. Like there are treats out there that don't have these carcinogens in them, and they don't have the sugar that will then take you back into this vicious cycle. I'm not saying that we should only have, you know, um, vegetables and protein and water. We do like something sweet. Um, so, you know, yeah. what can you have that will satisfy that? And actually, our, our brain does need a little sweetness, but just not as much as people are consuming. Yeah, and a lot I, of people, I like to... Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, a lot of people will say, well, how much sugar is acceptable? And I would say, again, keep your food journal. First, see how much you're consuming, because many people realize oh, I don't eat a lot of sugar, and then they add this up or this little piece of cookie or this little, you know, um, this uh, sucker hard candy thing. They add those all up in addition to the foods, and now they're at 100, 155 grams of sugar a day. We should be at around 20, Mm. 22 grams. Wow. Um, And I like to refer to all this as instead of giving up, you trade up for for a better choice. And um, when you mentioned the healthy fats, I thought of something. I think that healthy fats kind of counteract all the uh, destructive things that sugar does to the brain. I know if I get too low on consuming fats, I feel it immediately. Like my memory doesn't function as well. So I think things like avocados and coconut oil are mm-hmm. a great way to repair that and, and counteract it. And I just wanted to share real quick, I made a delicious rice pudding today using short grain brown rice, almond milk, and I love to add things like cinnamon and vanilla to enhance the flavor instead of, you know, something, well, I use a little stevia, but instead of dumping even honey and maple syrup, that's still on the glycemic index. So there are desserts you can really truly enjoy, and then you won't get the mood crashes and the and the um, you know the consequences. Maybe I'll blog yeah. that recipe too. That would be great, and take a picture. And I would rather have that than oatmeal for breakfast. You know, I, first of all, I don't eat oats, 
but so many people say, oh, well, oatmeal is so healthy. Um, well, it really depends. You know, it depends if it has that glyphosate in it, <laughs> because then it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, but the organic brown rice and the way you make it sounds amazing, and it's a comfort food, and it's filling. And um, I bet you could have it hot or cold. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I would love to see that blog. That and, would be awesome. And also my recent, my most recent blog has a recipe for cream of quinoa hot cereal. And this is the time of year you really want to dive into that. And quinoa is just, it's so beneficial and, and it's delicious if, if you know how to, to um, play with it and enhance it. Um, but I also wanted to get into, the, you know, these topics overlap, but you, you really wanted to touch on diets. And, and right now you turn on the television or you just go online and you, you're bombarded with, with the, the diet du jour. And, and, you know, marketeers are not stupid. They know people are at their most vulnerable in January and it's very tempting, you know, to try to reverse the damage quickly. Um, but why, you know, why, we all know we have a pretty good idea why they don't work. But you, you touch on the fact that psychologically they can also be damaging as well. Exactly. So first we'll go over the, you know, the, I would say they're obvious, but sometimes they're not. When when you feel like you need to lose weight, and you're right, the marketers know exactly what they're doing, this is the time of year, um, and you feel like, okay, well, that's good, I could do that, and I'm going to look like that. But the problem is diets don't address several things, your addictions, your dependencies, unhealthy traditions, right? So that's emotional health. They don't address the gut health, so that's what I talked about before with the um, good bacteria and the bad bacteria. So if you've been on an antibiotic or you are having regular meats um, and the animals are injected with antibiotics and growth hormones, or you're having um, conventional butter, cream, cheese, you know, any dairy product, milk like that, then you are getting antibiotics. So you may not have enough of the beneficial. So take a quality probiotic. I blog about the ones that I use. Um, And if you have inflammation, um, if you're constantly eating these poisonous foods and not even knowing it, like the oats with the glyphosate, um, then your immune system is affected and suppressed. That's also another reason. They, they don't necessarily talk or promote nutrient density. So they may talk about calorie restriction, which does lead psychologically to deprivation. I have many people who will lose their weight for a certain event, and then when they lose it and they've been to the event, they'll start eating again because they either feel deprived or there was cake at the event and they're like, well, I could have it now because I reached my goal. And it's this constant and then they feel like a failure and they lose their confidence. And it's just terrible because we're not addressing lifestyle choices. And diets don't address sleep, stress, um, movement, and other lifestyle um, factors. So with with real weight loss, we have to look at, I go back to, I'm a big fan of functional medicine, and what does that mean? It just says, well, how is your body functioning? You know, there are labs that run functional medicine lab work by doctors. Um, unfortunately, conventional doctors are not taught this in the AMA. So um, if we look at the reasons why they won't work, if there's an imbalance with hormones, then we're going to have a problem with dieting. If there's an imbalance with our neurotransmitters, if there's an imbalance of our cortisol, we're going to have a problem with the dieting and it lasting. If there's a problem with insulin, which then affects our adrenals and our thyroid, 
there's a problem. So I always say it's a triangle, right? So we look at hormones, adrenal system, and thyroid. But if you get a CBC, a complete blood count done, they will look at thyroid or they'll look at, you know, one thing, not how they all relate to each other. I mentioned before about the low serotonin and dopamine, and you're correct. These topics do intertwine with one another. So as sugar affects those neurotransmitters, the serotonin and dopamine, there's also a connection with what, how we control our food intake because that part of the brain is involved that regulates our eating behavior. So the diet may work for short term and most will then gain something back because we haven't addressed the hormones, the cortisol. We haven't addressed the neurotransmitters, which are the dopamine and the serotonin, which then affects the adrenal system. So you see, it's we're trying to do diet and not look at the body and how the body affects the mind. And now if we gain weight, back again where like people will say well you didn't have enough willpower or you didn't exercise enough or something or now people could be eating as you know little little as a bird and now still not be able to lose weight because all of this is imbalanced so what i would say is okay so if we know that this is what diets don't work how can it work you know, so really getting in touch with, okay, how does one feel now? You know, um, if you do a yearly physical, I always say get a copy of your test results. Ask questions. Get as many markers. If you're going to give blood, make it make it beneficial. You know, get every marker you can in your state because every state dictates what you can or cannot test in your blood. So, you know, you want to check if there's inflammation. You want to check your B vitamins. Um, You know, there's several states that won't let you test vitamin C, but if your state does, get it tested. Um, Then you want to check your thyroid. Um, You want to check your hormones and your cortisol. The best way to check that is with saliva because your cortisol changes at least, you know, throughout the day. Uh, So it's to start high and then go low, and if it doesn't, it shows you have an imbalance. Then I would also, you know, keep your journal, see what other factors are affecting your eating, and are you having balanced meals. Um, Many people are not honest with themselves, not because they want to be dishonest, but um, sometimes it's easier not to look at the truth. So if you write it down, then you could say, oh, wow, okay, so, yeah, I ate that whole sleeve of cookies. Well, at that time of day, that's what I need. What's a healthy alternative? Go to Stacy's blog, find that healthy alternative, get the book, and start making that type of food. The companies, the diet companies, the food companies, most of them are not worried about the individual people and how this is going to benefit them. They, this is a such a big business, the diet industry, and they're just interested in revenues and profits. I mean, that's why they wouldn't be putting all these chemicals in our food anyway. So this is where I encourage everyone to take charge of their health, and the only way to do that is really look at the truth and keep a journal, write down, you know, what your triggers are. Um, You know, I always ask individuals, well, when was the last time you took an antibiotic? You know, not only in medicine form, but food. And then work on one thing at a time, you know, try to keep the sugar to 22 grams. See where you're at. Many people don't have a baseline. So dieting, it's really lifestyling. And, you know, like when, what I would say is 
you're either, I like to be 100% in. Because <laughs> if you're 100% in, I don't care what holiday, I don't care what's going on, if you are 100% committed to your health, not to your weight, you know, we don't need to be skinny minis. Uh, what's healthy for us? What makes you feel good? Is your body tone? Are your muscles strong to protect your your bones? That's the purpose of, you know, being healthy. If you're 100% committed, then nothing will tempt you, especially if you have the right choices. Yeah, and I I know for me, uh, and probably a lot of people out there, being 100% in uh, doesn't just happen. It doesn't just get bestowed upon you. For me, it was a gradual process, and it took some time. Um, I had to get acclimated to the new foods. I had my taste buds acclimated to less bells and whistles. But then I also needed to feel and really experience the effects of healthier food. And once that took root, then I decided, wow, I want to feel like this more and more often and and consistently. And that became my process of getting more and more invested. But it doesn't happen overnight. You know, it does, it takes some time. And that's exactly what you're saying, though, with the diets, is they promise these unrealistic, quickie, transformations and um, they just don't exist I mean that that I mean I think we all know that to an extent <laughs> they just don't exist right it's easy we all want Real. that quick fix you know like I who wouldn't who wouldn't want that quick fix you know um, who wouldn't want to like if you're working in a corporation who wouldn't want to run up that corporate ladder who wouldn't want to go you know get this right away but I always say embrace the journey and you're right it's step by step that's why i like a nine step program it's step by step but we need a target so if the target is you know a hundred percent like doesn't everybody want to go for the a you know we don't go for the c because if you go for the a and you get a b okay right but a we need a target and this is the best time of year to set intentions, right? Resolutions without anything behind it, without a plan, does not work. And we don't want to just say, oh, I want to lose weight. Okay, well, you lost a pound. You lost weight. You reached your goal. We must be specific, right? But when we make resolutions, when we make intentions, we have to say, how do I want to feel? Do I want to feel stronger? Do I want to feel more confident? Not do I want to lose weight, right? So first, do I want to feel healthier? You know, do I have joint pain? Do I, can I not walk up the stairs without heavy breathing? You know, how do I want to feel should be the first question. And then what will it take? So... You know, if we look at our, say for food, for instance, well, then don't look at breakfast, lunch, and dinner and go cold turkey and everything else. Look at one meal. Keep your journal, right? How about sleep? You know, how about stress? Let's look, let's evaluate our life and keep asking, how do I want to feel? So if you're stressed out, how do I want to feel? I don't want to feel this way. Well, what's causing this? And how can we work on that? So when we look at goal setting, it has to come from a different place. And I think that also what either we've been taught is not the best method. And that's what leads to the marketing of all these other programs like dieting and cleansing because we don't know of another way. So I would say, you know, what's your mindset? Most is won and lost in between the ears. You know, our mindset is either empowering or disempowering. So once we Mm -hmm. put in how do I want to feel and how am I going to make that happen and, you know, put together three steps, ten steps, whatever steps, put together a plan, 
And then you have to fight this human floor (laughs) in our brain that says, you can't do it. Are you kidding me? You know, oh, so you worked Mm -hmm. out, you did one of the yoga tapes, and you didn't lose anything. Right, because it's going to take time. So every day, if we have a disempowering mindset, how can we replace that? And there's many ways to do that. You know, we could uh, listen to meditation. We could write it down. We could read a, a motivational book. But we must work on our mindset and go back to how do I want to feel at the end of this? And how, what hey. goals does it take? Nancy, I, I got a quick question for you. Um, I love the, that whole the mindset uh, aspect of things, and I've, I've always championed that um, with Stacey with kind of putting me in touch with that kind of thing. Um, I don't know if you've been uh, kind of following the news lately, but there's a big lawsuit on The Biggest Loser. Um, the contestants are suing yep. the show for just very unsafe methods. Um, and, you know, hearing some of those things and the methods that they use is, is kind of disturbing, and they're kind of, you know, backing it as, well, it's a game show, it's a reality show, it's, it's a contest, not a wait, but that's what the public has been fed for so long, this, you know, miracle sign up to the show and in eight episodes we'll have you down to goal weight mentality. And when, um, you know, you, we talked about um, the, the psychological aspect of it a lot, and I think a lot of times we're fed, quite frankly, bullshit from everything in culture. And I've, I've, I've seen more people say that, well, it's easy, just, eat right and exercise and and on paper that's that's correct but i think part of all of our problems in this world is kind of putting simplifications to complex problems and to be honest most people don't arrive to heavy weight gain from a simple place they they arrive there they've been through complex things in their life whether genetics uh mental health or whatever you know uh growing up you know all these conditions that you've been in they're unique to every person and Sometimes we want to slap simple answers on that and shows like The Biggest Loser or, or we'll just go eat and exercise is kind of a cop-out in my mind. And I think that we have to acknowledge the complexities of every person where I think your program I think is great because it, it is an individual basis. And sometimes the label slapping on, we'll just do this, doesn't work for everybody and you have to cater to individual needs. True. 100%. And when you mention about mental health, I can't tell you how many individuals I have met that have been on somewhere on, you know, the have been diagnosed with some type of mental health, even alcoholism, and their neurotransmitters are so imbalanced and they were slapped one prescription after another and still imbalanced because you know, I have, I'm not saying I'm for or against medication, but it does, if it doesn't correct the imbalance, then we need to work on that as well. And perhaps with the opiate crisis that's going on and mental health that's going on, um, you know, we're, again, like you said, we're not looking, we're not getting to the root cause. And this is why I recommend to everyone, go find a coach, go find a practitioner, someone that understands, that can get to the root cause, that can, you know, you can see test results to see where your imbalances are. And then only take the, um, you know, healthy alternatives to, Correct, and if you're on medications, obviously you have to stay on it. You have to wean off with your doctor who prescribed it. But get your body balanced with the right foods. And, you you know, again, you need to be coached. You really do. I see so many people that, and it doesn't matter if they're high executives to house moms to whatever, you need that because, again, our brain has this floor where we do want the quick fix and we then think we can't do it. Even if we're gung-ho, I have people that say, I am going to be your best listener. I'm going to do this and this and that. And I say, well, listen, I want you to understand it. I don't want you just to listen to somebody else. I want you to understand your body. I want you to understand. I want you to feel 
what happens when you eat this or when you take this because then you're in control. I basically want you to be in control because then you can do anything, hopefully positive Mm -hmm. in life and leave a legacy. That's amazing. That's great advice. It's empowering. Do you think that uh, obesity in some ways is, is could be considered a mental illness? Um, and I'm only asking this for one reason. Katie, my, my fiancé and I were talking about this the other day, and, and the constant patterns of behavior that we find ourselves bringing back to, and where we know the for a fact how we're going to feel after we eat something, we know that it's going to make us feel depressed, uh, disappointed in ourselves, we're going to feel sick, we're going to feel miserable. It's not a fix. We're going to look to it for a fix for our emotions at the moment, but it's not going to work. We know all of this going into it, but it's still we will go for that quick pizza or or fix or something. It's almost uh, like you're setting yourself up for some kind of gluttonous, you know, just just misery. And I think there is a lot more to mental health uh, in extreme obesity or or overeating than, than I think has actually been kind of dug into. Because, you know, I've known for 20 years how, what's the right thing to eat. I know the consequences of eating well. I know the consequences of eating not well. But still you fall into those patterns of behavior. I wonder how much has been studied on, like, the aspects of, of mental illness and, and obesity being a form of mental illness. Well, that's a great question. So if your serotonin and your dopamine are low and you have – or, you know, candida overgrowth, your body will have more control than your thought pattern. Like you said, you know how you're going to feel. But, again, dopamine and serotonin affect the adrenal system, and if they're low and your vitamin C and B6 are low, you need, you want that quick fix because you want to feel good for that split second, but you know then that overabundance of the increased insulin levels is now going to trigger all these things, uh, storage of fat cells as well. It's going to um, affect the cravings, make that a vicious cycle. It's going to affect your mood. It, it could also spike your cortisol. It's a, it, it is very biological i call it biomedical but it's very biological and it just keeps going so i don't know if it's you know i will is it is it mental health or is it an imbalance of Mm. your biological markers is it an imbalance of your neurotransmitters is it an imbalance of the functioning of your gi tract your adrenal system, that affects the neurotransmitter chemical messages to the brain. It affects it. It disrupts mm-hmm. it. It, it. It contorts it. So there is a huge connection, and that's where the missing piece is. That's interesting. And the problem is you go to conventional doctors, what are they going to give you? They're going to give you medication. No one's going to say to you, hey, let's talk about this. Let's see how your adrenal system, how's your serotonin? No, they're going to give you serotonin uptake inhibitors or this or that or whatever else. And then nobody says, don't drink alcohol with that. I have many people who then, you know, have a, oh, can't, oh, I have a wine every night, they say. No, 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 you're on that medication. Do, Do you know what that does? It makes it worse, you know, and then they're sluggish and then they can't get out of bed. And, and the simple carbs and the pizza and everything, it's, it's, it's going to turn into sugar and it's the same type of effect. So, yes, there is a connection. Um, the TV shows are not addressing it, and unfortunately most conventional doctors aren't as well. And, mm-hmm. yes, it's a journey, and, yes, it's not going to be easy. You have to create, you have to really focus the mindset on, okay, this is a challenge, but I could do it. And I always, you know, end my shows by saying, you know, your health is worth it because you're worth it. And, and then when you feel crappy after you've eaten something that wasn't nutrient-dense, 
but it's satisfied your low serotonin, dopamine, and candida overgrowth, right? Do you feel so worthy? You know, and, and you were put on this earth, I feel, everybody was, to feel worthy, you know, and to really accomplish something, what your purpose is, and also to, you know, I always feel like, you know, we all want to be loved, and you all want yep. to love your food as well. Um, but this is an addiction that's feeding into the imbalance biologically. It's it's so fascinating and complex, and I think that's really an important part of why, uh, you know, your programs, uh, the nine-step program especially, will work because, it is it is complex, and I think that we're too quick to slap. It's well, it's just easy. You do this, and there's so many things that go into it, and so many reasons people are are, are abusing food or, or their health or their bodies. And uh, you know, I think that having a personal touch with somebody who, uh, like you, is so well versed in the matter. There's only so much research you can do, you know, on a website because those are generalizations. And people are, are are aren't generalized. They're they're complex people, and they're they're very uh, they have histories and they have pasts. And I think having a coach is such an instrumental part of your journey. Even if you don't have a coach, just somebody you can pair up with that you can bounce ideas back and forth with. I, I've I've done this a long time, and I've universally across the board seen that when you have somebody who you can confide in in your journey that's in a in a similar place or has a similar mindset or knowledge, um, you know, set as you, the results are, are night and day. And I think what you do is incredibly important, and I would recommend it to anybody who is listening to the show. Well, thank you. I just, you know, again, the goal is for everyone to really take charge of their health and, and feel their best. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Did I lose You're here. everybody? Nope. No, I'm here. Oh, on my on my switchboard here, it says everyone's gone. Oh, there you are. Sorry. Um, but uh, <laughs> we got we got a few minutes uh, before we wrap up and stuff. And and you know, I think um, uh, for I think the New Year show is important. And you know, a lot goes into the New Year, New You that people kind of roll their eyes at it nowadays. But I think a fresh calendar is symbolic of a clean slate. And you know, I think that. If we go into this with well, 2019, I'll be in the same place doing the same thing, claiming the new year, new me thing. But um, if you guys have any advice, just from you know Stacy and Nancy and Crystal, how can you break the cycle of being in the same spot next year and saying to yourself, "Well, another year gone. I got to clean up my act." How can we, um, how can we focus on moving into 2019 in a better place, mentally, physically, healthier um, than we were this year? I mean, I would, I'm a big believer in waking up, like, uh, early, 10 minutes earlier, and writing down your intentions for the day. And if you write out your intentions for 90 days, they always say, make the 12-month goals in a 90-day. So it's like a 90-day program. Because what happens is if you think you have all year to accomplish something, you may start in November, but then you're deep into holiday season. And then another year has gone by. So go for a target. You know, what is your target? Not just to feel healthy. Be specific with your target. And then every day you should say, well, what am I going to do today to reach that target? And then at the end of the day, see if you did. And if you didn't, go, don't beat yourself up, but say, what can I do tomorrow to do this? And obviously simple things like drinking more water, um, looking at your choices, journaling, getting sleep, dealing with stress, um, exercising, being very mindful of what's going on in taking charge will definitely help you. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you, Stacey? Do you have any tips for, yeah. for the StaceyMorris.com uh, uh, the Bible well, of Health? <laughs> well, all kinds of you know healthy recipes on my website and in my books. But one thing this time of year really, really throws at us is there's an unspoken message that we should be uh, disgusted with ourselves. And 
that's so toxic. Um, you know, I spent so many years buying into society's labels just because I was a certain size or a certain weight. And one of the best things I did for myself, and this is a, a process that doesn't end, is to unplug from that and start loving myself and, and not mm-hmm. equating my worth with how I look. And um, mm-hmm. it, I, I find that to be very crucial because some of you know my story. I lost 100 pounds a couple times in my 20s, and I had only worked on the exterior. And inside, I was still the same um, shamed, uh, low self-esteemed kid who didn't think she was good enough. And until I really started to turn the inner equation around, I, I wasn't really able to to hold on to change permanently. So that's my advice for this, this coming month and year. And Crystal, hmm. what, do you have anything to, uh, to add to that? Yeah, I was just, you know, I've been, I take notes like crazy when Nancy and Stacy are on. So I tend to get quiet because I'm writing like a crazy person. But I think one of the biggest things is um, get real with yourself. I mean, you can lie to everybody around you. But at the end of the day, you're going home with yourself. So I know for me personally, I did in the beginning every trick in the book. And I had to convince myself more days than not that I was worth the effort and that I had to get out of bed and work out. How did I do that? Well, I actually slept in my workout clothes for probably a period of six months just to convince myself. (laughs) Just to convince myself that, you know, this I had to do this. I couldn't do anything until I worked out. So, you know, there is a really big thing with making yourself a priority and not an option. This isn't an option. You are worth a priority. You are a priority. Exactly. Absolutely. That's yeah. you know, so important. I think that's another show we should do another time, too, is I really want to focus on, because so many times we try to just put a Band-Aid on the problem, and the Band-Aid is just white knuckle, and they try to do, you know, eat with it clean. But ultimately, unless you fix the underlying problems, they're, they're usually going to represent themselves. And I, I, to close up real quick, I had an incident here towards the end of the holiday season where I was so ashamed, so disappointed in myself, because I had a rough last couple of weeks and all the parties and baked goods. I found myself, in the, after Katie went to bed, sneaking out to the refrigerator to eat baked goods that were going to be thrown away because we were given them by her Katie's work and we were going to discard them. And as I'm sitting there ducking under the cabinet eating them, I realized how screwed up my relationship with food is, that I felt the need in the cloak of darkness to sneak into the kitchen to eat as many of these in, in just not even an enjoyable way. And I think that's kind of what we were talking about today is we form these bonds with food that are unhealthy. And sometimes, you know, we need some kind of wake-up call to to disconnect from that mindset. And, you know, it's not something that's just going to happen. And the knowledge that we have is the is the treatment, you know, teaching ourselves what works for us, what doesn't, what's healthy, what's not, what's good for our bodies, what's not, but also being in touch with you is such an important part. And I think that's one of my favorite things to talk about with Stacey because she was the first person to really turn me on to um, the real reasons why I do what I do, because I wasn't looking at that. I just thought I had no self-control. But when you look at your underlying relationship with, with your weight and your food, there's a lot more to it. And once you are in touch with that, yeah. you can start really focusing on the solution. So uh, we only have a couple mm-hmm. minutes left. I, I, I want to give all the plugs to you to the show, because uh, com obviously has uh, so much information, Twitter, Facebook, Nancy Gaverte, uh, StacyMorris.com. You know all about Stacy Morris's cookbooks, Clean Comfort, Sweet Comfort. I have them sitting within view right here on my desk, and uh, they are such a wealth of, of great alternatives to what I didn't pursue <laughs> over the holiday season. So thank you guys so much. Stacy. it was great to have you back as usual, and you're welcome here anytime. You know that. And, and also you as well, Nancy. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Great to be thank back. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Nancy. All right. And Thanks for all the great info. Thank you Mike, for coming yes, on, Stacey Whitney, so- like always. I love it. <laughs> we we got we'll we'll see you guys as spring begins to sprung or whatever <laughs> that, uh, yeah. that is. But um we have forty five seconds <laughs> left. 
Thank you guys so much. Um, um, a crystal. Quote, 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 quote? 40 seconds. Okay, quote, 40 being seconds, negative yes. only makes the dip, difficult journey more difficult. You may be you may have been given a cactus, but you don't have to sit on it. All right. I love it. <laughs> love it. All right. Until next week, ddpradio.com. Do not touch the brown acid. See you guys. <laughs> today, man. That was a great workout, man. The power bomb set up by Paige. Oh, oh, diamond Cutter. I don't believe it. Diamond wow. Cutter out of the power bomb. We're going home. You've been listening to DDP Radio. Tune in again next week for another edition of DDP Radio with more great guests, inspiration, and news from Diamond Dallas Page and Team DDP Yoga. Keep up all the great work and most importantly, own your life. This has been a presentation of DDP Yoga and Blog Talk Radio.